Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Takeout ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's The Takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent... Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? <laughs> the answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. You know, I've been saying that for seven years. I always mean it. I especially mean it this week because I'm in the presence of musical royalty, point one. Point two, of course, all podcasts like to cross-pollinate. One podcast brings attention to another because we love this space. We love the flexibility, what you can do with it. So, point one, musical royalty, Bob Crawford, bassist for the Avid Brothers, and creator of a spectacular podcast called Founding Son about John Quincy Adams. We're at the Smith. Been here before, haven't been here in a while. It's breakfast time. We'll have that meal here in due course. Bob Crawford, great to see you. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So first, I just want to help my audience understand, natural question, wait a minute, you're a bass player for a world-famous band, that's a job, a full-time job, an extra, extra full-time job, what's up with the podcast and the history obsession? As long as I can remember, Major, I have been obsessed with American history. Okay. Uh, I, I credit my mother, uh, I grew up in South Jersey, and we had a few historical sites there, uh, historic Smithville and... Mm-hmm. Batstow, which was an iron ore mill, which actually I came to learn Nathaniel Green owned a, owned a stake in that at one point. Um, but for some reason, you know, we would take these family trips, you know, and I'm 52, so this is the 70s, mm-hmm. and you go to the rest stop, and there's all these pamphlets for right. historic sites. I would always collect them, and I would, like, lay them out on the floor and just stare at them and just wonder what happened in these places. And, right. and then I got into high school, 
and I was not a good student at all. But my first semester, I took an elective. Half the year was the history of New Jersey. Okay. Second half of the year was the intro to civics. And I just knew, I just knew the hooked. answers. It got to the point where the teacher would be like, does someone <laughs> other, other than, than Bob, Bob <laughs> can t- tell me this? And, and we took a trip one day, second half of the year, to the New Jersey State Legislature. Mm-hmm. And I was just walking around you know, the Capitol thinking, people do this for a living. Yes. Like, I'm in school every day. People, they come here and they do this. Right. And, and just ever since then, it just really grabbed me. It grabbed me. And to be clear, touring by whatever mode of transportation, typically by bus or van, creates a lot of open space for reading. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, um, being a tour musician, stereotypically, it's like choose your own self-destruction. And for, for me, you know... Lots of choices. Yeah, and we had, you know, the group of guys that I'm with, we had very little of that. Mm-hmm. The mistakes we made, we made them a long time ago when right. no one was looking. Right. And it was more Helpful about... to do for, that yes, that way. That's and it was, chronology It was limited. Yeah. But, but for, for me, it was like 2004, war in Iraq, uh, Abu Ghraib, war's not going well. Mm. David McCullough is on every, uh, you know, face the nation, meet the press, PBS, whatever it is. And he's talking about his books, you know, John Adams and 1776. Mm -hmm. And it just lit a little spark in me. And hearing him, the way he spoke about history. And I started reading his books. Mm -hmm. And from there, it was Sean Wilentz, The Rise of American Democracy, Jefferson to Lincoln, uh, and if later you ask me what's my favorite book of all time, that's I'll just you Sean know Lentz's spoiler book, yeah. alert, right? That's it, right? And that really started me on this road because, as the New York Times said in reviewing Founding Son, and I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Founding Son is the Hamilton of John Quincy Adams podcasts. I'll just say that right now. This period of time in American history for most Americans is kind of fuzzy. It's like revolution. Oh, then there was the Civil War. Huh? What, did, what happened in between? A lot happened in between. And as Founding Son taught me, I had a sense of this, but I learned it so much better. It is hard to find someone more central to that period of time. And what happened and why than John Quincy Adams? He is the indispensable man. He is the most, I argue, he's one of the most important American politicians of the 19th century. Because he was a failed one-term president mm-hmm. who, rather than go home and write his memoir you know he goes home he's depressed and he's asked to run for congress and he does and he serves 17 years in congress and while he's in congress he pulls the issue of slavery from the shadows from something that no one wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. in congress because it could only you know it could only tear apart our nation if we discuss this right right here he pulls it into the center of the House of Representatives and makes it the issue of his time. And let's think about this in broad swaths first. John Quincy Adams observed as a child the Battle of Bunker Hill, and he served with Abraham Lincoln in the House of Representatives. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an arc of history. That, and that was my pitch. 
right. to I, I heart. I was like, you know, and to I heart radio. Hey, I said, I said, this? hey, I got a guy. I mean, and this is it was a one line pitch. That's elevator. And it, in fact, Washington appoints him to his first diplomatic post mm-hmm. and he serves with Abraham Lincoln. So if I go out here on F Street and I'm. You know, pull in somebody Washington, in right? here in Washington, D.C., outside maybe Ford's Theater. And I say, uh, hey, I want you to think about George Washington for a minute. You're going to get this time period in your head. Mm-hmm. Dress, clothes, political aesthetic. If I say now, think about Abraham Lincoln. You're going to get a different vibe right. altogether. What if I tell you John Quincy Adams served with both of those guys? That should blow your mind. Exactly. And I want to go back to one thing you said, because I think it is so helpful to contextualize. Failed one-term president, the first of our nation's history, meaning you were just terrible at this job. It was a kind of new job still, chief executive of this new country, and you were bad at it. And he was embittered a little bit, depressed, and had a set of choices. And his range of choices did not include going to the House which, though Congress was positionally more important than the presidency as this country was developing in its earliest stages, one member of the House, that's not the, ha- that's not the capper of a presidency. It isn't. Right. But it, was, it, be, but it became a springboard for him to get more involved and to do things he was unable to accomplish or even imagine as president. His wife, and at the time, uh, his son and his, his wife were, were like, you can't do this. A president can't go into the house. Right. That, that is a what a step down. That is a step down. And your father was John Adams, and right. and you you know. But for him, it was about. I think it was about redemption, and I think it was about. And Sean Woodland says this in the series a little bit about revenge, mm-hmm. and and just to kind of show people that you know John John Quincy Adams kept a diary from the 1780s until when he died in 1848. Where did he die, by the way? Let my audience know that. Well, he died at this beautiful uh, building here in Washington, D.C. called the Capitol. Yes. He dies in the Capitol. With he, his boots on, folks. He died with his boots on. At his desk. Yes. He from? died at his desk, probably from an aneurysm. And he had a stroke. And they, um, he, he kind of, uh, he was in and out of consciousness. You know, he, he falls on the floor. Of it, the house. Of the house the, the, at the time. And... I got to see this recently. The, the, the couch that he dies on is still there. Um, but there were these couches surrounding the, the, the floor of the house, and they bring over a couch, and they put him on the couch, and they put him into the, I guess it was the speaker's chamber at the time. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I think it's the congressional woman's powder room, mm-hmm. or, or it's a, a room for uh, women congressional representatives. Um, and... He lay. He essentially lay in state. You know, he, he was alive, but he was in and out of consciousness. And you know, all of his enemies and all of his friends came to, and wept by his side. Henry Clay, mm-hmm. who uh, he plays a big role in his yes. life and in the John Qu- uh, Quincy Adams story and in Founding Son, he held his hand and cried. And um, it was for for a man who witnesses the Battle of Bunker Hill at the age of eight years old and then dies in the Capitol. In the Capitol. In the, he, John Quincy Adams was our nation's greatest public servant. On that hold the thought, we're going to go to break. Bob Crawford from the Avid Brothers, bassist and 
creator of Founding Son, the podcast. We'll be back with him in just one second. Stay tuned. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back. We're at the Smith. Breakfast is en route. Bob Crawford, our special guest. Basis for the Avid Brothers. Creator of Founding Son, the podcast. You know, we have a couple of producers who work long and hard on the show all the time, Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, but we have a co-producer this week, Doug High. Introduced me to Bob Crawford. We know him as, hey, Doug High. <laughs> Doug is with us. Thank you, Doug, for putting this together, at least at the it, margins. If you turn on any uh, uh, television news network at any hour Doug's likely of to the be day, there. Doug is on one of them. Hardest working person in punditry. That's right. So, I'm going to mention some names. Okay who intersect with John Quincy Adams, Mm -hmm. Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, complicated man. Mm -hmm. And uh, our expert in the series, Lindsay Lindsay Stravinsky, the great presidential historian, Lindsay Stravinsky, she says, uh, we ask her, do you you know a word to describe Andrew Jackson? And she says, well, not a very nice one. I'm a little little different on Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did horrible things. Horrible, horrible things to Native Americans yep. and, and African Americans. Terrible, terrible man. Uh, but at the end, but in but this an important political figure in this transition in our country as Western and Southern expansion was continuing, populism and the creation of party. Yes, oh, foundational yeah. creation of party and how it collided with John Quincy Adams. Well, well he's the original populist hero here, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, Andrew Jackson is, and. Um, the thing about Jackson is there was something that came up called nullification. And it was, get this, to our 20, 21st century years, a state doesn't like a federal rule. Okay, we're just not going to abide by right. it. And that's what South Carolina tried to do. The issue was tariffs. The issue was tariffs. And, and guess who the head of the, of the charge against uh, paying the tar- South Carolina paying the tariff mm-hmm. It was John C. Calhoun from South Carolina, who happens to be the vice president (laughs) under Andrew Jackson and John Quincy Adams. But so Jackson faces down the state's rights, Mm -hmm. this this state's rights issue in South Carolina, and he is ready to bring the, the full force of the American military against the state of South Carolina on behalf of the Union. Of the union, yep. so here you have a bad guy who does the right does thing, the right thing. Yep. at the right time. And talk to me about the corrupt bargain and how that 
foreshadowed Jackson's rise, maybe accelerated it more than anything else, and how it intersects with JQA, John Quincy Adams. Henry Clay. Mm-hmm. So Clay is the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. And as uh, James Traub, another great uh, expert we have in our series, says, we would love him. He was a drinker. He was a carouser. He was a gambler. He was the world's most fascinating man. John Quincy Adams, he's the opposite of John Quincy Adams, who right. is just very prudish and very buttoned up. and Very New know, England. Very New England. And Flinty. He was a curmudgeon, right? <laughs> Always in a bad mood. And... Um, <laughs> But Clay, and Clay's a rock on tour. He's a rock on tour, and he wants to be president. He badly, is so ambitious, so, so bad. And it's eighteen twenty four election, mm-hmm. and uh, James Monroe has been the president. Mm-hmm. And this is what we call it's faux, but we call it the era of good feelings. Right. There's one party. There's right. no longer this. Everyone gets party. along. We all get along. We're all on the same team. It's cool. It's great. America, so go. Try to be so. I'll try to be so brief because I can really. Yes. Yes. Like, I can ramble here, but uh, you got a four-way battle for the presidency. Right. You got William Crawford, no relation from Georgia. He's the treasur- secretary tre- of secretary of the treasury. Right. You have uh, John Quincy Adams, mm-hmm. secretary of state, perhaps our greatest secretary of state. Yeah. Uh, you have um, Henry Clay, and, and you have Andrew Jackson. And Andrew Jackson, those are the big right. four. Right. Calhoun wants to get in. He's like, no one else is running for vice president. I'll just take that and buy my town. In. I'll just slide. I'll just like yeah, yeah. I'll do my thing. So, no one wins a plurality of the. Vo- no one wins a majority right. of the votes. So it's a contested election decided by the Wait, house. Wait. So you're saying that it's a contested election in 1824, 200 years ago? Yeah. We have a contest, and it goes to the House of Representatives. Right. The top three now vie for the election in the House. Each state. Each delegation gets one, one vote. vote. Yep. Okay. So Henry Clay <coughs> is the fourth. So he's, he's not going to be in. But this makes him an incredibly powerful man. Kingmaker. Well, oh, president maker. President maker. He <laughs> hates, hates Andrew Jackson mm-hmm. with a passion, bitterly. And this goes back to, uh, to the war of eight, after the War of 1812 and... Some uh, some things that uh, and we won't get into all this. Right. This would be a rabbit hole for me. So he's not going to vote for Andrew Jackson. Right. He's not going to he's not going to lobby Mm-mm. for Andrew Jackson. Nope. Uh, William Crawford is old and he just had a stroke. Right. And he is pretty debilitated. Kind of out of it. He's still in the race. No one thinks he would survive a term. Anyway. Apparently he may he, he has trouble speaking and he he's just not doing well. So. And, and, if, and, if the, and if all these names, nobody knows the machinery of this process, a contested election, better than Clay. Better than Clay, yes. Absolutely. So he goes to work. So he goes to work, and he knows Adams is the, is the best. From his vantage point. Best guy for the job. They agree on the American system, right. which is basically infrastructure, mm-hmm. that the federal government will dole out money to the states for infrastructure projects. That will bind the union together. Right. People in the North and the West were all for this. People in the South, people like Andrew Jackson, they weren't. Because if you have better infrastructure. Better roads. Better roads. That makes it easier for your property to, to, move. Ex- get to move, to escape from you. Also, the whole thing about states' rights, it was very prevalent then. You know, Completely. they wanted the federal government to do the bare minimum. Right. Right. So he, Clay goes about lobbying for 
John Quincy Adams to be president. And they have a few personal meetings. Most of the lobbying's done through third parties. Mm-hmm. But in 1824, if you were Secretary of State, yep. that was the president in waiting. Yep, springboard. You know, springboard. Uh, you have uh, Madison was a Secretary of State. At one point, Jefferson was a Secretary yep. of State. Monroe was a Secretary yep. of State. You know, you got what, five presidents at this point. That's how you become president. That's how you become president. Right. So Clay is able to turn a couple of uh, those pancakes look great. And as promised, breakfast has arrived. And this is the chicken sausage and the biscuit. There you go. Excellent. And, well um, done. Well played. Thank you. And so Clay managed to, to turn a couple delegations to vote for Adams. Delegations like Kentucky, his mm. home state, which they wanted Jackson. Yep. He went against their wishes. Yeah. To, to make that vote happen for Adams. So Adams wins the presidency. In a... In a... Corrupt Corrupt bargain. bargain. It was a stolen election, mm. right? Mm. Never heard of these things Never. before. But there was a stolen election, so to speak. And, the, of course, the Jackson press immediately... And, the Jack- and that's worth pointing out very briefly. Press was partisan. Or All press yes. was partisan. Aligned. It had an agenda. If, if if Major was running for office, he would call Doug and say, "Hey, Doug, I got a couple hundred bucks. Can you go set up a newspaper for me?" Right. And that and that's how and it print works. exactly what I want. And print and just you know the the party's uh, message. Right. Right. So. Uh, so the Jacksonians go nuts. That's it. It's a stolen election. Right. And but why is it a stolen election? It's a uh, what do they call this? A quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Because Adams becomes president, he appoints Henry Clay as, as his Secretary of State. The what, fix the is springboard in. of the presidency? The fix is in. And that was it. And so um, the, uh, the campaign for 1828 starts immediately. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy, a New York senator by the name of Martin Van Buren, who becomes a Jacksonian. And begins to put together a New York, Virginia, North-South coalition mm-hmm. to back the populist hero, Andrew, Andrew Jackson, Jackson. And who had the presidency stolen from him. And to block everything that John Quincy Adams would try to accomplish as president. Sowing the seeds for that failed presidency status we referred to in segment one. That is the voice of Bob Crawford. Basis for the Avid Brothers and creator of Founding Son Podcast. We're at the Smith. Breakfast has arrived. Segment three coming your way in just one second. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. 
Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back. Bob Crawford is our guest. The Smith is our host restaurant. Happy to be here. Demolish my pancakes in, well, like about 45 seconds. So they're very, very good. <laughs> Founding Sun is the name of the podcast. Uh, before we get into more of the details, you have some special voices who oh, assisted yes. you, not just the historians and scholars you've mentioned, but some other pretty cool folk. Who are they? Patrick Warburton. Probably heard of him. Yeah. Uh, Putty from Seinfeld. Um, the Tick. Um, he, a lot of great roles. Amazing voices. I mean, you. he's in like every, if you see, turn your TV, you see Doug High, in a minute you're going to see Patrick in a commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing guy. A, a big, so my daughter is a St. Jude patient. Uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. pediatric cancer patient. She's been a patient for 11 years. Wow. And um, Patrick and his wife are incredible supporters of St. Jude. And that's how I got to meet Patrick. Okay. Great guy. Really compassionate. We'd, we'd love to have him at this table. He's just a, yes, absolutely. a, good, a good human being. Um, Nick Offerman. Probably uh, heard so of him. Pa- Patrick plays John Quincy Adams. Yep. Nick Offerman, I don't know why he agreed to do it, but I'm so glad that he did. <laughs> and I think he loves history. He's, a, he's really passionate about it. So he voices Andrew Jackson. Mm-hmm. He was like the only choice. Like, who, who, well, who do you think when we had this idea, we were kind of down the road of producing this. And, and it was like because Adams kept this copious journal, his voice is so available to us. And I started pulling, pulling these quotes and putting them in the mm-hmm. script. And I'm thinking, we need actors mm-hmm. to, to read these actual quotes to bring these people to life. You, you know, when the Ava brothers make a set list, you know, you're going to, we, we do, we do it like we're, we're going to come out, hit you with full band, seven people on stage. And then at some point, it's going to be three of us. Right. And it's going to be a guy with a guitar. And it's going to be a woman playing a fiddle and singing a song. And you know, all these different combinations to create an hour of dynamic, two hours of a dynamic experience. Same thing when you're trying to bring 19th century history to life, you need to make it dynamic. So we had this idea to have actors portray these figures. And so Patrick is John Quincy Adams. Nick is uh, Andrew Jackson. Scott Avitt, if you're a friend, friend of the band, he plays <laughs> Charles Francis no, Adams. No, but I'd like to become one. Charles <laughs> Francis Adams, and uh, also Theodore Weld, who mm-hmm. is one of my favorite abolitionists. Uh, Michael Smirkanish is William Henry Harrison. Okay. Uh, John King from CNN. Uh, I've heard do- of him. Does uh, a John Ad- he reads a John Adams quote? Mm-hmm. So uh, and the great Gray Delisle, who has been Daphne on Scooby Doo for decades. Great. She is Louisa Catherine Adams, John Quincy's wife so yeah a lot of uh great actors donated their time talk to me about a phrase that comes up with some frequency in founding son slaveocracy Mm. i believe this was coined by john quincy adams and it was to describe the the slave caucus in congress essentially Mm -hmm. and which was the whole everybody from the south whig and democrat at the time uh, and then you had their northern allies, you know, northerners who 
they're okay with slavery. Mm-hmm. We're okay with this. Right. Um, and so Adams begins to. We sort of think, oh, the North the was always opracy. against slavery. Not true. Well, no, not at all true. No, and the North benefited from slavery. Manufacturing in Massachusetts, they, of course, they were, they were creating the clothes the slaves wear and the implements they used to, uh, to, to work the fields. Yeah, no, the North, they, were, they, they didn't want slavery to go away. Major, if we're sitting here in 1837, we cannot fathom in our brains that slavery will ever go away. Mm. It is that ingrained. It is the economy of the United States. The economy, the culture, the mindset, everything embedded into religion. Yes, embedded in religion. The talk about the the culture. There were um, slave uh, economic journals, like you know, the slave owners. They weren't these backwoods yokels, mm-hmm. right? They were. Morgan Stanley and JP, like they, I mean, they were... How to fine. run a proper plantation, how to monetize, yeah. how to obtain loans uh, and collateralize, all of it. And Adams... Systematized. Part of, you know, you talk about Puritan work ethic, mm-hmm. ethic, part of Adams' disdain for slavery, other than it being against God, morally reprehensible, was also that they did this to create leisure for themselves. They had the slaves, slave labor, mm-hmm. to create. And he tells uh, to Cokeville. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Cokeville comes from France mm-hmm. to the United States. He writes this amazing book, Doc- Democracy in America. He has dinner one night with Adams and asks him about slavery. And, and he, he, Adams says, because uh, they're, la- they're lazy and they want to create a leisure culture. And because they have so much time on their hands, they duel. And they, you know, do the horse races and, you know, it's just, it's just a, um, a backwards element that was, uh, that had a philosophy and an intellect in, in, in an ideology and an intelligence behind it. And Adams absolutely finds it rep, 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 reprehensible, but he doesn't think Congress has anything that they can do about it because it's in the Constitution. Implied. In Implied. The, in the three Constitution. Fists, the yes, three yes. Um, doesn't say slavery in the Constitution, no. but it's implied. And abolitionists begin to change that. And again, we think of abolitionists simply as, well, there was a huge faction. It wasn't huge. It was very small. It was a grinding, bit-by-bit effort, oftentimes in Congress, systematically thwarted by yes. the slaveocracy. They were radicals. The abolitionists. They were the fringe. Mm-hmm. They were, if you're in Philadelphia, you know, and the abolitionists come to town, you, you're, you're protesting them. Mm-hmm. Like Massachusetts, all these places that weren't conducive for slavery or supporting, particularly supportive of slavery, they didn't like the abolitionists either. They were agitators. They were agitators. They were looking to divide the country, to destroy the country. And, and um, didn't have its best interests at heart. Did not have its best interests. Immediate. Whoa! What would immediate emancipation do to this nation? And so, but they were protected, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Right. And they begin this campaign to send petitions to the Congress, and they knew that the Congress didn't believe they had jurisdiction jurisdiction over slavery in the states. But they felt like they had jurisdiction 
over slavery in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. where we're sitting today. Yes. This was federally controlled territory. Therefore, it's under the purview of the Congress of the United States. Could be, that could be debated. That could be debated. Right. And so they start to send these petitions to Congress. They flood Congress with these petitions. They arrive by the wagon load. One uh, report I read, a guy walking down the hallway of the Capitol, and they're stacked up, you know, waist high on both sides. I mean, millions would arrive by the end of the 1830s to Congress. And back in those days... Congress, the congressional session begins, and every Monday, the first hour, no, every day for the first two weeks, the first hour is dedicated to the reading of petitions. Because the First Amendment says that citizens have the right to to petition petition the government. For redress of grievances. Exactly. And so this was literally it. Like, if majors, like, I'll... I got potholes in my town or, you know, I I think the mayor's crooked, whatever it is. He sends a petition in. His congressman gets up and says, I have a petition here for Major Garrett, blah, blah, blah. And he believes and please pass it. And this will go. I commend it to the committee on this or the committee on that or this and that. So who Adams, his first day in 1831 in the house, he gets up and reads 15 of these. And he says, uh, he reads them and says, I don't agree with what they're wanting to do here. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it's possible. But, you know, I, but please submit this for the record. Submit this for the record. And it's no big deal. And I'm going to hold you right there because that's a pregnant pause in this okay. dramatic story. Think in your minds, ladies and gentlemen. Hallways in the Capitol up to your waist on both sides with petitions about the central issue of slavery, which though it wasn't a central issue at the time, very much at the margins. Very radical idea. That radical idea and what John Quincy Adams did with it when we come back. Segment four of The Takeout with Bob Crawford in just one second. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. So happy to be joined by Bob Crawford, bassist for the Avid Brothers, creator of Founding Son, the podcast, which I cannot recommend too strongly. So we had that pregnant pause, the petitions, Mm, John Quincy Adams carried away. Yeah, so the mid-1830s, these petitions start to come more and more and more and more. And Southerners start to get, like, it's starting to bug them. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, we've kind of, we've had it with this. So... There becomes these battles with abolitionists in Congress, like, you know, men from Vermont or Massachusetts. You know, John Quincy, he, he tries to kind of stay out of it. He's reading them and this and that. But they, they begin to threaten to table these before 
and not even allow them to be read. Right. Uh, and Adams even at one point says, you know, why don't you just read them and then table them? Then the, the, it's kind of like, well, people get to have their voice heard and then but you're not going to do anything with them. Right. Uh, but Northerners want a select committee. Uh, there's a committee for Washington, D.C. They think they should all go there. Right. And Southerners say, no, we just we need to stop them. Right. And not only do we not want a committee, they basically come around to say, we don't even want them read. We don't want them read. We're not going to accept them. And so that's where Adams kind of turns. So in 1836, because he Adams thinks, you know, you cut off freedom, the right to petition. You're cutting off freedom of speech. Right. What's next? Freedom of religion. Right. Freedom of the press. You're not messing with slavery. Now you're messing with the Constitution itself. The exactly. very governing document of In defense nation. of slavery. In defense of slavery. To protect it. Right. Right. To protect it from scrutiny right. and debate. Right. Right. S- slavery is very much, you know, at this point it's the... Think about 18... Take yourself to 1836. You've had... Virginian, Washington, you have Adams, then you have Jefferson, Monroe, Madison, Jackson. Most of the presidents of the United States have been slave owners. Correct. Most of the Secretary of State, the, sec- the, the Secretaries of War, Secretaries of the Treasury. I mean, the United States really is a slave run, slave power run nation. And one quick point. fact from 1803 to 1821, eight states entered the Union. That changes not only the geography, but the politics and this great question. How will this expansionist nation deal with this issue? Right. Right. So John Henry Hammond, a congressman from South Carolina, he puts forward a motion to deny these petitions. Pinckney, uh, another congressman from South Carolina, but... uh, a supporter of Martin Van Buren, mm-hmm. the New Yorker who's, who is Jackson's heir apparent in the 1836 election, says, why don't we set up a committee to discuss this issue? So they discuss the issue. This is 1836, May of 1836. They have three, they come up with three ideas, right, or three proposals. The third one is to table them without reading them to just deny these petitions. And that is the trigger moment for Adams to just say he gets up and he tries to speak against the vote when they're voting on this. And they they won't. He will. The chair who is is the secretary or the speaker of the House is James K. Polk, Mm -hmm. who will one day become president. Yeah. And eight years will be president. Eight years will be president. Um will not recognize him and he says am i gagged am i gagged and he was he was gagged that is the gag rule from that point on until 1844 1843 you cannot mention slavery on the floor of the house of representatives but adams Mm -hmm. being adams yes knowing the rules of order better than anyone else Mm -hmm. In the Congress, mm-hmm. finds ways to sneak it in. Yep. While debating other issues, I call it political jujitsu. Yep. And find a way. Find he, a way. He finds a way, and he keeps working at it. And uh, is threatened with censure. At one point, he is being censured. Mm-hmm. This is a whole. We can get into it if you want. But that 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 moment in May of 1836, the gag rule. That is the moment Adams turns from being reviled. 
about slavery to being uh, not an abolitionist, but unabashedly anti-slavery. Exactly. And look, uh, life is writ through with father issues. (laughs) History is writ through with father issues. Yes. Lyrics to songs are writ through with father issues. Let's be candid, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest father issue this country ever had was slavery. Yeah. Because it was handed down to us by the founding fathers. Sure. This steaming, steaming pile of manure. Yes. Was handed off to every son and daughter by the founding fathers. Yeah, they didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to deal with it. And they just wanted to. And then it created a mentality of we can't deal with it. Because if we deal with it, we'll destroy ourselves. So we can't deal with it. Right. And it became a didacticism. It be, you can't touch it because if you touch it, you'll destroy us. And you don't want to destroy us, do you? So it became a self-fulfilling, well, we can't do anything about this thing. It was handed down. And JQA, John Quincy Adams said, no. Yeah. And lots of others. And, and, but he agreed with that for a long for time. A while, yes. He knew. He would write in his, in, during the debate over the Missouri Compromise, he wrote in his diary, confessed you know, just to his diary, that... This will lead to civil at one at one point. This mm. is going to lead to civil war. Right. He saw this coming from decades away. He saw it coming. So uh, let's bring this to the f- current times in a slightly unexpected way. Jimmy Carter uh, is aged. He's uh, in hospice care. He may leave us at some point in the not too distant future, and there will be a, I believe well-intentioned rush at that moment to describe his ex-presidency as the best in American history. Until I listened to this podcast, I probably would have been in that general category. I don't think I would have been definitive on it, but I'd have been, yeah, that sounds about right. I think you would argue, no, he would be the second best ex-presidency. I personally would, and it's funny because I wrote an unpublished op-ed comparing Adams and Carter. I think there's a lot there to Mm -hmm. to compare. I, I would argue that both Carter and Adams were able to accomplish more outside of the presidency than they would have accomplished with a second term. And I absolutely believe that Adams serving 17 years in the House of Representatives and what he was able to accomplish bringing slavery to the, to the, the, the front of the, you know, into the center of the House uh, like he did in the battle he won over the, the gag rule and defeating his own censure and defending the Amistad captives mm-hmm. before the Supreme Court. All of the things he did uh, to hand off this battle to the next, to Lincoln's generation. Right. He held the line, he, the man in the gap. I think that that, that he makes him the greatest ex-presidency uh, we've seen. And man, wouldn't it be great to have a Texas Senator George W. Bush or Congressman Barack Obama or, hey, wouldn't Trump, for as much as he is, is who he is, he would thrive in the House. He belongs in the House of Representatives. Uh, on that uh, discordant note, <laughs> I'm going to just say, hmm, no thanks. Bob Crawford, our special guest. Stay tuned for the takeout. I'll take a special again. Bob Crawford's podcast, Founding Son. Listen to it. You will love it and learn from it. Stay tuned for the takeout. I'll take a special, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to your takeout outtake especial. Our thanks to the Smith. Wonderful breakfast here. Bob Crawford, our special guest, basis for the remarkable band, the Avid Brothers and creator of the podcast, Founding Son, Amistad. Amistad. That is a yeah. huge word in the history of John Quincy Adams, mm-hmm. the subject of Founding Son. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about it. Yeah, it's episode five if you're listening to the series. and um, Listen to all six people. It, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I feel like explaining the, the background of the international, of the, uh, the international slave trade was banned in 1808. Mm-hmm. But it was still going on, yep. right? It was the... What, what would you call it? Like piracy almost. But so there were these slaves that were stolen from Africa, what we today, Sierra, Le- Sierra Leone. And they were, it was a Spanish slave traders yep. who, who obtained them. And uh, they took them to Cuba. And it was what you would call slave laundering, mm-hmm, where you. Right. You know, and you 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 take them to one part Where of Cuba. Were they from? Who owned them? Exactly, the, you doctored the, the paperwork. Yes, right, right. You know, this is what was done. So they're going from one part of Cuba to another part of Cuba as mm. part of this process. And there's a mutiny on board, and the slaves kill the captain and the cook. And an uprising is an uprising, and one of the actual Spanish traders they they force him to sail the ship back to Africa. But he doesn't do it. It's like Montero and Ruiz are the two slave traders. Cinque is the leader of the of, of the captives of yes. the yeah, and uh, the, the Mendi, the Mendi tribe. Uh, so they, in the daytime, he would go west to Africa, east to Africa. Mm-hmm. It, at night, he would go north to America, hoping to get caught to be seen off right. the coast of the United States. And eventually he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, a, a Coast Guard, what we would think of today as a Coast Guard cutter, mm-hmm. spies them. And these guys, there's all these satins and silks on the, on the ship. And they, the Mendy wear, are wearing these like bright colored clothes. And eventually they run out of water and they are going on shore getting water. So they're just kind of a su- suspicious vessel, kind of mm-hmm. like wandering around off the coast of Long Island. And so they're captured, and then they get into the United States court system. Right. And the guy who captures them, Lieutenant Gidney, he wants money. You know, I guess there's the 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 custom of the sea with the the you know if you if you if you find it, you can keep it. Right. It's yours. The whole this. So there's 
Van Buren's running for re-election. It's like 1840. He oh, just this. Can we just right, give it back to annoyance. Spain? Enter John can, Quincy Adams. Can we just yeah? So long story short, they go through the court. They win the the Mendy win every court case. The Van Buren administration appeals, and it goes to the Supreme Court of the United States. Roger Sherman Baldwin, who is played by Ken Burns on the Founding Sun series, uh, he's good. He's a good lawyer. He comes from good stock. His uh, grandfather signed the Declaration of Independence. I believe his grandson may start the ACLU. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, James Traub says this in our series. Um, And but he's not a he's not ready for prime time. Right. He's not ready for the Supreme Court. So. Uh, Arthur, call in John Quincy Call Adams. in Arthur Tappan, who's like big money abolitionist, uh, New York um, mercantilist, you know, goes to Adams and says, will you take this case? And Adams is like, how can I say no? Right. <laughs> you know? his, of course, his son's like, Dad, don't do that. You don't get involved. Right. Don't do not do this. His son's trying to run for the state house in Massachusetts. He's like, Dad, you're killing me. Right. You're killing me, Dad. And But Adams takes the case, and he argues this amazing eight-hour, you know, it's two four-hour uh, monologues mm-hmm. in defense of these captives. Right. And he, 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 the Supreme Court was... And in, the question was, can they be freed and go back to Africa? Can they be free? Should they be free, man? Right. Should they be free? And he wins. And he wins. And he points to the... The uh, and I think this is the old Senate chamber mm-hmm. is where the speak the Supreme, Supreme Court, Court was. Yeah, and he points. There's a uh, a copy of the Declaration of Independence. In fact, as Secretary of State, he ordered those copies to be made. And the and he points to it and he says, "If we believe in this document, these men are free." Right. And it's weird because he he gives four hour uh, defense. They end for the day. A Supreme Court justice dies. That night, they take a two-week break. They come back. He does another four-hour four speech. He finishes for the day, gathers his papers, goes upstairs to the house, mm-hmm. takes a seat. Goes his, back to work. Goes back to work. That's and, a full day, ladies and, and within, gentlemen. And decisions came quicker. Yeah. And uh, Justice Story, I believe, gave mm-hmm. the, deci- the uh, majority opinion. And they ruled in favor of the Mendy. There you go. We have three questions we ask every guest okay. here. I need you to give me your answers. Uh, and the music one, you can run in any different direction. But uh, most influential book in your life and why? Rise of American Democracy, Jefferson to Lincoln. By Sean Willens. Yes. All-time favorite movie? All-time favorite movie. Casablanca or It's a Wonderful Life, probably It's a Wonderful Life. There we go. Uh, and I'm really beginning to love the best years of our lives. A phenomenal, phenomenal Incredible. movie. Yeah. Very mature post-World War II movie. Unfairly overlooked. Yeah. And uh, music. Uh, if you're going to enjoy some music. What day of the week is it? <laughs> so so here. He what, what artist or genre? Not Avid Brothers. Is yeah, it most likely yeah. to be? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love jazz. I, I love I love everything. And I go, I go through phases, mm-hmm, right? I mm-hmm. go down rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. And so this summer, uh, I've always loved Steely Dan. And so I've been listening to a lot of Steely Dan, which yep. got me to Boz Skaggs. Yep. Uh, I love Boz Skaggs now. Um, but then last week in the bunk after the show, I'm listening to Yes. There you go. I haven't listened to Yes since I was 15. Rick Wakeman, ladies and gentlemen. What am I doing? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I, I just love music and I, I get, 
I just get on these rabbit holes and I follow them down for a few days. I go somewhere else. It has not been a long distance run around to sit with Bob Crawford, there ladies and gentlemen. My pleasure to be with him. Founding son. Listen to it. Love it. I know you will. Bob, it's been a pleasure. Thank Thanks. You. Thank you so much. See Thanks you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.